This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Ty Drago of Sargentanis, Varya Kimon of Behemoth, JDO of Excalibur. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Unable to access content, please purchase $24.99 premium subscription service to continue. Live from Aorzia. Limit. Break. Behold the horror you have wrought. Carlo. I said don't take your clothes off. Juxtapositions. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, Two Limit Break Radio, episode 142. Feel kind of old at this point, guys. Almost a 150. I know. Dang. Where do the episodes go? Right? Like, I, it feels like we just crossed 100, and now we're almost to 150. It's I don't crazy. I not remember episode 100. Uh, it's you know, kind of a blur. I know, right? It's a little oh, hazy. I remember that episode. Do you? Must not have been a good oh, one, then. Suck. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, you suck. Anyway, uh, so welcome to the show, twitch.tv slash LimitBreakRadio, LimitBreakRadio.com. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, catch us each and every single week. Uh, We're back to talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Um, although I'm really, not, I mean, Let's I'm not complain sh- about it. Not sure that I mean, there's much to talk about. I mean, do we have to? By the way, Limit Break Radio is a part of the Let's Be Real Network. Which you'll be able to find over at lbrnetwork.com. Hey, quick question for you: When we made that, when you made that community on Twitch, what, like, like you made that, like nobody else was using it, right? Right. Because when I used it the other day, when I tried to stream, there was like forty-eight people using it. No shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, hmm, that's yeah. great. So, if you are a streamer and uh, you want to uh, use the Let's Be Real community, feel free to. Uh, the only rules are is that you got to be real. <laughs> Bring the realness. <laughs> no fake like, no fake I allowed. saw it coming, but <laughs> I know, right? Damn. Anyway, nutters gonna nut. Let's they are. let's kick it on over to our Aorzian studio. If you'd like to join us, feel free. We are on the uh, Sergeant Tannis server. Uh, the Goblet plot. Uh, what is it? Uh, thirty plot thirty fifth Four, ward. Five. There you go. I never Go- remember Goblet. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, that's the old ah one. Could could yeah. could yeah. you just just one more time for me, really quick? Say our server name, Sergeant Tannis. Okay, um, Sergeant Anus. Sergeant okay. Anal. Uh, a little kind of out of nowhere and off topic, but there's actually a YouTube comment calling you out for your pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's from. Uh, did, um, do you see the look on my face yeah. right now? James Logan wants to know: Did a Nero really go to college? Not six minutes into it, and he's already mispronounced two words. One of which he's never said right, which is pronounced Sargentanis, not Sargentanis, and then mispronounced the word divisive or divisive. 
Divisive. I'm pretty sure it's divisive. Div- it, well, divisive is also. Well, apparently you're valid. saying it wrong according to James Logan. Well, James Logan. Well, James Logan, if you would like to uh, join us on the uh, Sagantinus server. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Swagantanus. Swagantanus. Sergeant Anus. Sargantanus. <laughs> Sir Giant Anus. <laughs> Sergeant Tetanus. <laughs> Sergeant Tetanus. I like that one. Uh, Saggy Tittiness. Th- oh, that's a good one. Saga- Do you want to try, Nika? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> She's just like, I'm trying, guys. Don't pressure me. <laughs> halfway, I'm halfway not good at improv. I'm pretty sure it's a hard G though. Sargatonis. Nobody gives a shit. Who? Except for James Logan. Logan Paul gives Fucking a shit. Cares. I'm trying to. Logan Paul. Yes, right thank now. you. Jo- uh. Jamez Logan really, <laughs> really wants us to start pronouncing shit right. Okay, guys. Holy shit. Uh, that guy who's uh, had the new movie named after him, and then uh, yeah, oh, fuck it. I don't have a joke. Idiot. Uh, why would you waste? The text to even put that comment up on YouTube. Uh, never mind. I just answered my own question. Uh, it's, it's it's on YouTube. YouTube. It's YouTube. That's so why. now you have gonorrhea. And I feel like I do, too. So that's always good. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate having you along. Uh, if you want to give the show a call, we uh, are always up to take your calls. That's uh, literally lim- anything. That's Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. If you'd like to join us on Discord. By the way, that's now the Let's Be Real Discord. You can only be real. That's right. Let's all be real. No fakers. I mean, there was a, there was a quick argument in the Let's Be Real channel about who 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 was best girl, and uh, I shut that conversation Wait, down fairly <laughs> quickly. Like which I like anime shit. Uh huh. Did, did you because ban of, who it was? No, no. I, I just clarified that I have I am of course best girl. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, Nero is best girl. I mean. We we have the picture to prove it, so... Scientific documented proof silenced that argument very quickly. Good. And monkeys so. might fly out of my butt. Anyway, uh, we invite you to join us and actually, you know, to, to stick around on the Discord uh, community. We've got a whole bunch of different channels for discussing different stuff. Uh, come join the Pokemon channel so I have someone to talk to. Besides Ryuichi. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, we've got plenty of channels over there. If you want a specific channel that you think people might enjoy, go ahead and request it. Um, But uh, it's also how you can call into the show. Again, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord are your options. Um, So uh, we got stuff to talk about today, but here's the thing. If you guys want to call in and talk about stuff, uh, it would uh, would help us out because there's just nothing going on. We're in we're in a big time holding pattern for 4.2 and it just like does it seem like the wait is unbearable? so much longer than in heaven's word unbearable right yep D- it honestly feel, it, we I, we almost decided to shit talk a video from fucking june that's how June? starved we are what? from June. We might still we, shit talk we, yes, a video we might from still June. Do it. 
great. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. But here's the thing is that this directly relates to what we're going to be talking about today because there's an article that's been uh, floating around that claims that Stormblood is not just the best Final Fantasy XIV experience, but that it is actually the best Final Fantasy experience. Full stop. Um, I don't get it. What? Right? So we're going to dissect that little article. Have so, you not played Final Fantasy 13? Actually, this guy says yeah. that he is a big, big fan of Final Fantasy 15, and Stormblood even surpasses that. Take that, Nika. <laughs> 15 has much more experiences nope. within it than nope. 14. No, nope. 14 does. They actually specifically say that the story in 14 is better at storytelling than 15 is. A 15 storytelling is its weak fall. I will agree with that. But that I don't that's, know. That's, you know, I don't want to get in this conversation again. Yeah, please, guys, okay. don't trigger Nika. <laughs> no, oh, it's going to happen. Avoid the 15 trigger, please. And yeah, there we, are a lot, we, are, there we don't are, need to get it. There are a lot of weak falls in Final Fantasy 15. Uh, yeah. There are, but its storytelling and pacing was its biggest, I would say. Uh, and I, the characters. And the combat. I won't disagree, but here's the thing. Again, that's the supposition of the article. Is that Stormblood is sort of like the pinnacle definitive Final Fantasy experience for all, the whole franchise. Did he play? Has he been playing 14 since like? We're going to get into it. We're yeah, going we'll to get, get into it. Has he played 14? It, he seems, it, seems, it seems, yes. By the, by the way the article's written, I believe he has played 14. So we want to hear from you. We want to know whether or not you agree with this assessment. Of course, we're going to provide our Ronning commentary. Ronning commentary. I don't know. What's, yeah. what's a Ronning commentary? A Ronning Ron commentary. We're all going to turn into Ron from. Swanson? Yes. Ron yes. We're all going to oh. turn into Ron Swanson. And we're all going to eat steaks, and we're all going to just very subtly shit talk this article. No, we're we're going to provide our running commentary uh, on on this, uh, of course. But we invite you to jump in on the piling on Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five Limit Break Radio dot com slash Discord. Cookie's going to be hanging out, waiting to take your call. <laughs> it turns out that uh, <clears throat> we had something muted on the uh, <clears throat> computer. Um, for uh, final encounter cast this week, so way to go, Juxta! Wait, what? That's your fault because that's your computer. You it's not my computer. You it's should not- you should have prepped it. You should have made sure everything was kosher. Yeah, it's not my fault. People mess with my computer when I'm gone. I mean, yeah, but it's your responsibility to have it set and ready to go. I didn't even know that was an option. You okay. sat out on my couch for like 45 minutes before Juxta. that show started. Didn't even look at the computer. Juxta, if you go into work to start making pizzas and somebody fucks something up before you, and the pizzas that you make are like fucked up for some reason, and you deliver them, who gets in trouble? I do. Okay. Why? No, he does. No, No. somebody else probably should have, right? Because it's not your fault that you didn't check the settings. Well, I checked the pizzas before I left the store. And they were right when I left the store. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, were they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Because if they're not, I send them back. Well, okay. The analogy doesn't hold up because Kala's a fucking moron. (laughs) No, it's because he's dumb. Make the pizzas. No, 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 no. No, I don't make pizzas. Oh, my God. You used to. Oh, no, drivers don't make pizzas. Wow, you're living the easy life now. Yeah, drivers are too dumb. Well, I think that just answers our question then, doesn't it? What'd you have to do to prove that you deserved that position? (laughs) Have a car? Really? I mean, mean, that is kind of half of it. (laughs) 
in Flint. Yeah, I guess you got a point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Father it, of the year, y'all. Yeah, I know. Right? Driver of the year. I'm top driver. <laughs> oh, good. Sure wow. Brag about this on the air. Considering that he almost uh, crashed us into a car on the way here because his car wouldn't stop on the road. Hey, there was no car in front of us. My car just wouldn't stop. Why wouldn't it stop? There's ice on the ground. Oh. Why were you trying to stop if there wasn't anything in front of you? There's a stop sign. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. No, there wasn't. What are, where are we talking about? We're talking about just before the road you would turn down to go to Sunoco. There was a car in front of us that was turning. That's what you slowed down for and almost ran into it. Oh, yeah, but they're out of the way. Trust me. We're fine. I'm a, I'm a delivery driver. This is my job. I do this for a living. I'm a professional. A living I is know a how to, word. I know how to drive. Okay. Is there air quotes on the drive? Because there should be. I don't know. I'm not a fucking engineer, okay? I don't know how to make a car. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to join us again, uh, in studio, that's, uh, Sergeant Angus. Why is Cookie linking to Tales from the Pizza Guy? <laughs> goblet, uh, in the Goblet, Fifth Ward, plot number 30. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, um, patreon.com slash limit break radio is how this whole, uh, shebang is funded. If you'd like to, uh, Give us a little bit of funding. We will uh, say thank you. First of all, your name will get uh, scrolled on on the stream. So that's kind of cool. You also get a, uh, a, a sound effect that will interrupt the show. That's also cool. Um, but uh, but you'll, you'll also be able to sleep satisfied knowing that you're helping us uh, continue to uh, make Live. trouble for Square Enix and... Uh, uh, be honest about what what's going on in this game, um, and uh, and and you know that uh, sometimes we masturbate with it. So, uh, what? I mean, what? 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 We? What? No. Yeah. No, oh, I didn't say that, did I? I didn't. I didn't. That didn't come out of my, my mouth, right? That, that stayed up in the brain case. Nope. That came out of your Shit. mouth hole. Shit. I, I don't masturbate with that. Anyway, no. If uh, if you want to help uh, continue to, to support Limit Break Radio and uh, make sure that we can do cool stuff like uh, throw you parties out at uh, FanFest and, uh, in fact, go to FanFest, <laughs> then uh, patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio is how that is done. And, uh, Kahlo, you, the, the next postcard from Eorzea should be coming up here yes quickly, I, have, right? I have been in contact with the artist. Uh, it's been delayed, but uh, she said that she will have it to me. On Tuesday, all right, so if you're listening to this podcast, it should be in the mail right now, and uh, yeah, so that's going to be the Escalia one. It is very dark, but also hilarious. Okay. Yeah, and then the next one for, for it'll be uh, Valentine's Day themed. Will feature myself. Oh, Hello. and of course, oh he's going to of course Valentine's He's going to be surrounded by girls. And Bang, oh my! Which look, one? God, you fucking look, dick! No, look, it's not this Are card. Isn't going to be what anybody expects yeah. it to be. Okay, I promise. Are you going to have an action figure shoved up your ass? There was actually a YouTube comment that was complaining about something you said on the show, and said that we should get you another action figure to shut you up. Well, it yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't shut me up. It shut Skur up because he loves it down his throat. Or, or he can just drink himself into a blackout again. <laughs> that, that shuts him up too. That's after the deep throating. Because, because <laughs> usually the usually the, the blackout happens before the deep throating does. Skur got it all mixed up. Oh. See if you just wondering is Juxta also the only drive? <laughs> the only the, drive driver. <laughs> 
The oh, dr- only, only drive? No, yeah. there's two others. Uh, how do you guys and, not and pro- how do you guys not proofread <laughs> your donations? You're spending good bits on I'm, that. I, I'm sh- that yeah, blows that my mind. Uh, just how many simple typos we get because it's spoken out loud every time we get one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it's a lot easier than you'd think to make a typo in there. Oh no, I'm sure that it is, but I'm just it's very confusing to me. Thank you for the support. Appreciate it. Uh, and again, if you want to support Limit Break Radio, it's patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, thank you to everyone who supported us uh, for Extra Life. $7,595 is what we've uh, raised for Extra Life for 2017. That is awesome. I am working on a large 2018 extra life effort Ooh. oh really i we've i've i've had the first pitch of it go through that's right phase that phase go? one is complete it went well then it went okay so the conversation is still continuing it's not a no let's put it that way it's not a no good, good. so uh we're gonna we're gonna uh see if we can uh aim for uh, I don't even know. I, I, I honestly, I don't even know at this point, but uh, it's going to be a much larger effort than just, you know, Limit Break Radio or the LBR Network, uh, you know, or Checkpoint even. Shooting for the stars. Um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a big one. We're so. coming for you, Rooster Teeth. That's the idea. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, my goal, my goal is to just beat CBS. Oh. I just want to beat Giant Bomb. That's what, all I want to what do. Did, what did they do this this year? Do we know offhand? Uh, they were they were definitely in the top ten. Hmm. I remember well, they were in the top ten. We did make it into the top one hundred, didn't we? We did. We yeah, did. we cracked okay. the top one hundred yeah. for sure. Not sure. Ah. Did we? Did we, I don't know if we cracked top ninety though. Mm, that I I, I don't remember. No. Nika, you're in charge of this. Check yeah, Nika, us. do you remember? Yeah, I'm, I am checking right now. Oh, okay, good. I. It's a good of thing. Of course, like now it's telling me, oh, the team doesn't exist because, you know, last year's extra life was over. So it took me an extra <laughs> second to find it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, putting together our 2018 extra life effort. And, of course, that's going to be rolled into uh, everything else that we're doing. So um, that's going to be fun. And uh, it will I, I think as long as I as long as it progresses the way that I have it sort of planned out. You're gonna if you if you were around for the very first extra life stream may not be terribly dissimilar to that. Oh, if you were around it will for, be better. If you were around for our very first extra life stream back in all the way back in two thousand and eight. Dang. Might be might be kinda a little bit more like that. And uh, a little less like the uh individual streaming that we've been doing in the last couple of years. So Look forward. I'm not to sure that. if I can find the numbers. Actually, every time I go to look for it, it's like this team doesn't exist anymore. Fail. God. I can see. I can damn. see our totals. I can see how much each person raised. But when I try to actually go to like the pages where the team with itself. their ranks yeah. and, on, and even the page shitty. with the ranks, like it's not showing anymore. So boo. Way to juxta that up. Boo. Yeah, you yep. suck. <laughs> anyway, speaking of doing things wrong, uh, I paid Skurrow his annual salary last night of four dollars and fifty cents. Oh, good. And apparently, I should not have done that because he fucked up our uh, clips yesterday. So we're gonna need, we're gonna need that four fifty. You mean back. for for checkpoint? For checkpoint, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So I apologize on that, uh, Skrull. You're gonna have to give that back. <laughs> you also have to pay the processing fee. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. 
It actually costs him money to be on the show. <laughs> not even he's not even on the show. He's no. like mentioned every Although, once in a while. I, I am actually thinking about having him on low team damage and introducing Why? him as the junior analyst because his opinions are so bad. I just want to make fun of him. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. His opinions are the worst. Yeah, when, so when, when I told him that, like when I pitched him that idea, like he he legitimately like sounded kind of like disappointed and hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's hard to do that now with Skuro, but like like he kind of he kind of agreed with me, just kind of like nodding along, was like yep yep yep. But like it wasn't the same kind of like usual good fun joking. Like I think that I genuinely hurt his feelings. <laughs> so good. that that felt oh, good. good. Nice job. Good. Well done. That job's bullshit. He says. Anyway, uh, yeah, so thank you to everyone who uh, helped out with our Extra Life effort. That was a lot of fun. And uh, again, I do apologize that I didn't get to do the uh, MMO tour. Well, if what you're planning comes to fruition, uh, it'll more than make up for it, I think. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a limit-breaking news update. That's right. For 14 news, we you should have just had my opener again. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, you know, kudos to you. Uh, that, that was not that, bad. That opener was actually 100% audio manced by Juxta. Last night at uh, 12 o'clock even. Yeah, so he's a uh, level two audio mancer now. Was, I'm impressed. It was actually really hard to find, figure out how you move sound bites like further on down the track. So at the start, <laughs> everything just played at the same time until I figured out which tool moves the moves up the sound. Uh, Ah, what do you you what what program are you using? Just Audacity. Uh, Audacity. 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 <laughs> he should have been like MS Paint. Audacity. Oh my God! And you guys get after me in the That's YouTube comments. That's an actual like legitimate word that it is on a regular basis. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the audacity of his pronunciation. <laughs> That's amazing. But there is actually one tiny bit of news. Uh, a few more screenshots went up on the Patch 4.2 website. This time we see a preview of the next tier of PvP Glamour, as well as the newest arena, the Crystal Tower Training Grounds. All right, let's get the. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get this up on screen in a second. Oh yeah! Don't be shitty. No, this is literal. But this is honestly, this is the only piece of goddamn news. That's it. That's it. This is all right here. I mean, and look at it. Fucking look at it. Let's take a look at there's some. Like, of, let's take a look at some of this stuff here. There's like almost some side boob going on. Almost. Oh wait, is there? Wait, is there tits? I didn't see the side. Nah, boob. All on I the, saw, on like the Lancer one, there's like almost some side. All boob. I saw was like the stupid ear things that makes me think of furries. So I was out. No, mm. those are like Valkyrie things. Yeah, yeah. those are Valkyrie. Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, it's feathers. For sure. Yeah. The, I, I don't like any of this shit, though. Yeah, I still don't like it. Okay, but to be fair, at least it's not generic weed garbage that we've been getting. True. <laughs> Angry Gamer Aaron says, good luck making a two-hour show with this. True. First uh, of all, Angry Gamer you, fam. Aaron. Eric, Aaron, whatever the fuck your name is, don't test us. Yeah. Because we can turn this we'll into make a more fucking hours. show. Listen, we are like the Roger Corman of podcasting. We can pad this shit for fucking ever if we need to. Just like Ascalia does to his bra when he goes out for ladies night. Yeah, don't make us go back and watch like a Daddy of Light episode or something. How many episodes was in that, we'll, Nika? We will hurt uh, you. Like something like six or eight. All right, that's 18 episodes easy. We'll, we'll fucking hurt you. Don't test us. Okay. Um, anyway, I- I'm not impressed by this gear, like at all. Uh, uh, of the gear that actually does 
look like I might use it. Like, there's, I mean, the there's like the loincloth of the uh, the Rogadin in the center. That no, pretty cool. No, no, everything it's is like armored it's loincloth. so open and flowy and just See, like I love flowy stuff. You have the audacity to be so bad. Hashtag new duckstep. Thank you, Sevo. See, look, even the robot voice can say it right. Yeah, right. That's what I said. No, you didn't. Audacity. No, you did not say that. <laughs> what was? I can't even remember yeah, what he said now. Audacity. 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 Anyway, so yeah, no, not a fan. Not a fan of any of this. Where do you guys think it's coming out of, though? It's PvP. PvP. Oh, it's PvP. It's, it's the yeah. next tier of PvP. Fuck it, I wouldn't want it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they make the PvP armor so shitty? At least uh, someone pointed out. Uh, actually, it was Skuro, but he's like, at least it's not a retarded animal now. Well, like honestly, some though, of the animal ones are kind of cool. Yeah. Some of the Come animal on. ones yeah. weren't bad. I actually like the dragon one. That, uh, yeah, so at least, it, at least it was real armor. This is goddamn nonsense. This is. This is- Based on like real Roman stuff, and yeah, Roman stuff. At least like the vaguely. It reminds me of Mercy and the the summer games. The victory, like, uh, wings of victory. Skin. Yeah, that's why I, I like I the Lancer's it. outfit with that like half shirt and the like big poofy pants. I actually really like those. I would wear that one. Why? Why? And there's like tattoos on the arm. I don't know. I think that whole look is kind of cool. I don't like the helmet, but the rest of it looks cool. Not a fan of any. That's of it. the only one I like. Yeah, it all looks too similar to me as well. Like, like you, one of the things that I feel like in MMOs that that gear should do is when you look at it, you should immediately be able to recognize what job that is without having to look at like the weapons, right? Yeah. And I feel like all of this is very homogenized, like the look. Like, yes, it looks Roman, but none of the individual classes. Some of it look looks like. Greek. Some of it looks like Roman. Yeah. Some of yeah. it looks. It's like fr- it's kind of all, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, some of it. Yeah, there's two yeah, like the two Vikings. Like go to a toga party. Some of it looks I like guess. it's Vatican like the, it's City. like the class that got a, a Roman Greek theme, and everyone just made their own thing with no real direction. Uh, it, it says in this uh, Dual Shockers article that you can even dye these. I, I just I don't I can't even see using it as a replacement piece yeah, but, I feel like some of it, but when you mix and match them i feel like yeah. some of it could be cool with other things like you don't have to look at it as the whole i mean set. yes I that's so. really the only re- redeeming feature from anything but still this is like a complaint we always have with gears that it always there's something missing from it that always sort of makes it unimaginative and uninspiring yeah and then uh we also got uh the crystal tower pvp that was kind of cool arena that's all right it's a PvP arena. I mean, in in the end, it's still PvP in Square Enix. Why the fuck are you making PvP? And why are we fighting on top of the Crystal Tower? Because we turned ooh. it into a PvP arena. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good idea at all. <laughs> no, someone's I mean, like, well, no one's using this up here. Why don't we just kill each other? Well, let's just <laughs> let's just use this monument that made God burn down the, or flood the world for however long. Our and, own amusement. Yeah. Right. Sort of like, uh, you know, if you took, like, the Tower of Babylon and put a roller coaster on top. Like, all right. Or a roller rink. There you go. Yeah. Good job, Square Enix. Um, I I mean, it's it's all right. And it's for the it's feast. Just re, it's reusing assets. And it's literally the feast. So how much use is it actually going to get? We get to see some of the dyed equipment right here. Blech. Still not impressed. Red team and blue team. Yeah. A couple more screenshots that we got here, including... Uh, I mean, we get we we're getting new Beastman Tribe quest. That's for, right, the yeah. Vera. The Vera. Yeah, that's what the uh, that's what the 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 Lamia people are called. That's their tribe, the Vera. Is it really V I R A? Yep. Oh, 
Okay. Really? Yep. So if you thought you were getting bunny girls, fuck you. (laughs) Okay. Vera. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't. I mean, confirm bunny people never coming. I just. I. I'm not. I'm not terribly impressed by many of these screenshots, (gasps) except for the elephant. That's actually kind of cool. Look at the husks. The the elephant mount. Um. This has been. This is, I think, the one thing that has gotten the most attention out of these screenshots. <laughs> wait, where is that one? I, I can't wait for Keep it to going. fly. Yeah. Uh, it, well, how, of course it can fly. It has to fly. How is Dumbo going to fly? With his ears. The same way our stupid dogs and horses fly. They just run. Never seen a shoe fly. Rizy shoe <laughs> Just let him wallow in that Kahlo joke. I seen a horse fly. Want to make a Dumbo jokes references? Come on, isn't that, isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. No. no okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> Making a shoe puff joke. <laughs> yes, Nico, we got it. <laughs> I would rather have a shoe puff than an elephant like that. Though. And then uh, we also got to see a bit of a preview of the uh, glamour commodes, which apparently are not called glamour commodes anymore. They're just glamour dressers, aren't they? Uh, I don't. Know. Who cares? Glamour dresser? That sounds stupid. <laughs> right? Wow. Right, it's called not, glamour, glamour cabinet would make more sense. Not not as not as stupid as glamour, glamour commodo. You know what? I would have preferred closet. if it was a glamour komodo dragon. And you just had like a komodo dragon in there that would help you change things magically. Okay, Dragon Quest? What the fuck? Wait, is that a Dragon Quest thing? No, I'm just oh. saying, like, it seems like it would be something in Dragon it Quest. It does. Because there's a dragon in it, and dragons are really cool. Um, Can we play Dragon Quest now? No. We can't. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want to. We can play in Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> and then uh, confirmation that basically these sea voyages are basically just <laughs> fucking, fucking. Uh, what do you call them? The retainer venture. Yeah, there you go. That's basically the return same of DM three point guys. Not yet. Hold on. We gotta. We gotta go through the stupid ventures first. And is that can... not exactly what the fuck this is gonna end up being? Remember, we last last episode. There, Someone there was please a, tell me that I'm out of my mind. There was a quote last time where Yoshi P said, "We're not sure what we're doing with Diadem yet. If we're gonna get rid of it or try and reuse it, then why are they putting these sea voyages in?" I think that that was classic Yoshi P floating an idea, not one way or the other, so that we're prepared for it. Because they were to just say right now we're remaking Diadem people would lose their shits i think that they're hoping that eureka goes over well right and then they're like all right it's guys it's not going to it's not going to i Dude, know it's but they stay optimistic no, stop friends. it's not it's gonna be terrible but yoshi p doesn't believe that yoshi p thinks it's gonna work so i bet his plan is after we introduce eureka and people love it then we tell them that we've taken the ideas we've learned from eureka and what we learned from deep dungeon and what worked with diadem for diadem 4.0 or 3.0 whatever the fuck we're on and it's underwater booyah and Fuck everyone you, and everyone at the Square Enix board is like eating it up. They what would have t- to add battle underwater for me to give any shits about that. What, wait, hang on, hang on. First of all, what the actual fuck are you talking about? Because I, I, Eureka is going to be Diadem. I know. No, it's not. Yes, no, it, it, is. Is. it is. It is. It is. It's one hundred. So what's no Diadem for? I don't. I, I don't know. That's you, a good question. Eureka is Diadem, but you get to upgrade armor instead of just try having it drop random. Oh, okay. That's, that's, All right, Alex there's Jones. A, there's a subtle difference, okay? And there's fates. 
there was faith. Uh, I'm in just the, the, yeah. I'm just saying. The like, 2.0 had faith in it. Uh, yeah. This is going to be the same faiths. shit though. Everything needs faith, but under but underwater. But underwater. Yeah. Except it's not actually but underwater. There's no underwater combat, so it couldn't really. It'd have to be in a bubble underwater. Uh it, yeah. It's going to be exactly like that dungeon that was quote underwater. Well, uh, not in the water, well, under, under the, the water, water. in a bubble under the water. I, I mean, I, just look at the look at the screenshot where they're mapping out the the route. OK, you've got several different what looks like islands. Those will probably be bubbled out like we can. We already have, uh, you know, in uh, the Ruby Sea and stuff like that. And that it's going to be exactly like Diadem, except now you've got to swim from place to place. Oh, Woo! boy. Instead of fly, yeah. Yeah. They're just rehashing all the content from Heaven's Word, but taking longer to hash it out. Well, and again. plus, since there's new players, they won't know that it's old content, so it'll be a hit with them. Exactly, because all they care about is the new players. Because yeah, they new, don't. New players don't talk to the old players who've already seen this shit. That's why it's taking so long to get to the next content patch. <laughs> they need more old players to cycle out and newer ones to cycle in. Yeah. They need more Jeez. old players to leave and stop complaining. So that way when the new players come in, nobody complains anymore. Well, we're never going to stop complaining, Square Enix. That's not probably true. <laughs> oh, okay. This is going to be fucking terrible. I mean, I, I just, I want I have hope. Why? Why? Oh, damn. Because I'm, if I don't, who will? Because she's Nika. <laughs> I'm having hope for all of you pessimistic dumb, people dumb. call in and tell Nika why she shouldn't have hope please like seriously whoever can crush Nika's hopes and dreams I'll find something to give you but I mean like I, I mean just look at it it, it is it is the exact same oh, it system really is. it's the exact same system it's the exact it's the, same well, airship exploration system yeah, we voyages. didn't even use the actual airship for anything and we know that that's the precursor to diadem and we know that this patch is the precursor It'd patch cool to if, uh, eureka to go on voyages on our ships that would be but every, cool. we're <laughs> why you, nika nika why do you think that that would be a thing what what why would you ever think that that would be a thing optimist no give me actual real tangible evidence give me something yoshi no, no said okay i'm just okay. saying it would be cool if screenix would stop reusing stuff and do more that would that would be cool nika <laughs> yes it would it would be like, so cool but the voyages initially when they put them in sounded really cool until we realized they were literally just ventures with a ship that's what this is going to be exactly and i'm saying all they have to do is put us in the submarine and let us do like small scale challenging venture content with us like riding on our submarine ship but does like, this not do, do, do these screenshots not put a nail in the in the theory that oh well we might not be getting diadem 3.0 or 4.0 or whatever <laughs> the fuck it is i have no idea what the airship uh, venture screen looked like so i don't know if this is similar or not you're okay, on the okay, same you know article what, you know what, look at it it's it's no, I don't know. No, I mean the airship one. Like this is the the underwater one. I don't know what the sky venture. Okay, okay. Looked it like. it looks look like this. this. It looks just like this. It's the uh, exact same. Thing. The exact same thing. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, uh, if this is the precursor content to Eureka, then I can only deduce. <laughs> deduce. That this is the new diadem. That that's what Eureka is. Shit. Is that it's the new diadem. I, I does am I crazy or does this confirm it? No, no. They're, they're, they're going to have small like uh, Palace of the Dead stuff worked in there, right? To try and 
try and mask the diademness, but yeah, no, it's going to be <laughs> shitty. It's going to be D. It's I mean, we're going to look at it and we're going to go, OK, so Eureka is the new diadem. Pal- it, Palace of the Diadem. Why? Why? I don't even know that they're going <laughs> to enter like they're going to use Palace of the Dead style stuff. Well, like, we have the upgradable will... armor and weapons. That's what they're okay. taking from the Palace of the recent Dead. Recent interviews did say that they were actually working on the Palace of the Dead, right? Sure. I'm pretty sure. No, he did. They said no. we're working on the next iteration of Palace of the Dead. Yeah, the they, next Deep oh, Dungeon. They said that. They did. Okay. Yeah, it was like one of the most recent interviews. Okay, they did. So the upgradable equipment has an aspect of the Deep Dungeon thing, but it's basically going to be the next Deep. So, so the new way that they make our armor meaningful, guys, is that we're always upgrading it, but it can only be used in those areas. So it has meaning no. to those areas. No, no, don't even. It's do supposed that. to be. Um, like I said it's supposed to be kind of like relic upgraded so you could use it in yeah. raids and stuff if they only made it used in those areas i would die well but i mean in the same way in palace of the dead that as your items gain power they are really only applicable to palace oh, of the dead to remove them what, from the palace. yes yeah. once one, and when then once you hit a certain a certain point you can take them out and they're they're fine right like yeah, yeah. that's what i that's what i expect hmm. it's gonna be so bad and then, and then we're just going to, you know, and then the question at that point becomes, well, why didn't you just say this from the fucking beginning? Well, because or, no, remember, because they want to string us all players along on the chance that we might get some new content. Yoshi P That's said in that same interview that he can't give us any specifics or details because people might take them the wrong way because it's diadem. Okay. But here's, here's the shitty part is if they're just literally copy and pasting diadem uh, submarine ventures all this shit why couldn't they have all this shit ready at launch because it's already done thank you thank you they must because they needed time to put the upgradable part in it and we know that that takes at least a year of development I, I mean I, I juxta I think that's a perfectly valid question like okay I why have they been holding this content back if you're gonna rehash it rehash it but don't give us this fucking I don't even know. I mean, we're halfway yeah, we're like, halfway through the expansion cycle yeah, we were, at this we, point. Weren't we supposed to get this in 4.1, but there were problems with... Wait, something. What was that? There was something that, that There was did something that. that held it back, yeah. Uh, was that Rival Wings, or was that... I mean, Rival Wings was as well, yeah. but I just... Maybe I'm thinking back to just Diadem 2.0. That was that, even that was delayed for a patch or something. It's, it's fucking all blurring together now, all the bullshit. I, I really would love someone to call and, and tell me why... This isn't the next mm-hmm. diadem, yeah. and why you know I should be hyped for this anymore? Because I, I honestly, you know, we get we get people in the chat room every week that are like, "Oh, you guys are just belly aching about the game stuff," blah 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 blah, and then they 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 flirt with calling in, or they get on the line for like two seconds, and then they jump right mm-hmm. back off. MRUA, I'm looking at you. Um, and and that's the thing is that you know, like I would really like for someone. To try to explain why they think that this is not just going to be a copy and paste of Diadem with maybe a little bit of the deep dungeon weapon upgrading thrown in there just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, here, here's my plea to our callers. And, and actually, if you're a listener on the podcast, you can even email. And this is a serious question that I have now. Uh, and, and this will actually lead us into to our topic as well. Uh, you know, we mentioned at the beginning, we obviously, you know, poked a little bit of fun at this idea that FF14 is the pinnacle or the best Final Fantasy experience, right? Here's the thing. We're obviously very negative with the game. We give it a lot of shit, rightly so, not rightly so, whatever you believe. The point is that here... 
We've been shitting on it for a while now. And it seems like our listeners, obviously, they've called in, they've emailed, they leave us comments, that they seem to agree with our sentiment, right? But outside of our little LBR ecosystem, I feel like I don't see that at all. Now, I, I, I understand not seeing it from Square Enix. They're always touting their horn. We have new subs, as many subs as we've ever had, huge subs. We have all the subs. Of course, they're going to say that. They need to put on a good product. They want people to, to think that what they're, they're selling them is worth your time and investment. But even all the other external sources seem to treat this game like it's a shining pile of shit. I mean, it is shit, obviously. But I'm, I'm actually starting to wonder now. We say this all the time. Call us in. Prove us wrong. You know, who disagrees? Blah, 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 blah. But, but, but honestly, outside of troll bait or outside of trying to get you on here just so we can bash you in all... Honestly, as we discuss this next this next article, which we're going to try and do unbiasedly, right? We're going to remove ourselves from the game that we've been playing forever now and just look at the claims that this article is making. All right? We're going to try not to try to let go of the fact that we know it's a piece of shit and compare it to the other Final Fantasies, okay? So, with that said, again, please call in and, and try to help us figure out, is it is it just us? Are we actually missing something? Did, 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 did something happen to us along the way to really skew the way. our opinions? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so hard. All right. So show so, me on the show me on the doll where the MMO touched you right, right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, li- no, but seriously, uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord, if you'd like to call in, because we do want to hear from you. We really do. Um, because I, that's the thing, man. I'm like, I'm I'm really starting to um, struggle with with why I still play this well, game. Well, and, and when I read this article, too, because it, 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 it didn't seem like it was shilling for Square Enix. It, it, it criticizes them as well. So this is the first time that I really started to seriously ask myself, like, is is there something wrong with me? I mean, maybe. I, I You know, part I've, I've started to think now that, you know, MMOs have moved into an area of development that um i don't like like a pattern of development that i don't like and but i mean it's apparently across, it's other across, people really do uh, yeah and that's fine i just uh, you know uh i think that it's not it's not the aspect of gaming that i like it doesn't play up the aspect of gaming that i like mm-hmm. and um you know i understand why the motivation has has changed for game developers um y- you know they've had to move from a willing uh uh you know body of participants that would pay uh, a monthly subscription fee to now having to nickel and dime like every other game has. Mm-hmm. And so Especially now Square now, Enix's uh, case to make up for a bunch of failure of other games. Well, it's like now now free to play MMOs suddenly aren't competing with other free to play MMOs and subscription MMOs and and drawing a clear distinction. They're now having to uh, compete with Overwatch loot boxes and they're having to compete with, yeah, you know, you know every other. I never thought about yeah. that. So, you know, with with single what what is considered traditionally single player properties right with that uh, with those types of games getting in on microtransactions 
um, yeah, it, I think it takes people out of the potential pool that would fork over money for the game that they're playing. And and subsequently, there's there's also this other thing of like there was only a limited number of people that were going to be interested in MMOs and interested in continuing ongoing like years and years and right, years right. Of, of, of play and investment. There's only a limited number of people that come along with that. And and when WoW hit that 10 million subscriber mark. It was like a high watermark that the industry thought like everyone can get in on. And that's not mm. the case. There, uh, wow, the there milestone was something that you reached for now. There was something special in the water of wow that can never be duplicated ever again. And it showed the high watermark of people wanting to play online. I think that's what it proved more than anything is that people's willingness to play online and people's willingness to play multiplayer outside of split screen in their bedroom and that packet transfers were getting good enough to be able to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what wow really proved. It didn't prove that persistent online role playing games were going to be able to sustain an audience of 10 million. That's clearly never going to happen. And MMOs, I think, subsequently have been put in a difficult position where they realize that they can't really make the the subscriber thing sustain. Well, and if I think PUBG has told us anything, that's kind of like the I think the what sort of the world of Warcraft of like this generation now. That's what people are going to be starting, I think, trying to emulate and aim for going forward oh yeah, yeah. totally right. i mean because i think i think after mmos like had kind of bottomed out you still had you know mmos are a long development cycle so you still have some of the the last generation i don't want to call it the last generation but you know that big glut of mmos i think the last ones to come out in like north america were like blade and soul and black Desert Black Desert, Online. yeah, yeah, right. Those kind of ones. And now it's going to be really interesting because I think you know there's going to be a bit of a lull for this generation of MMOs, and then I think the next one are going to be it's going to be a, a facilitation of technology, and it's going to be much more like you know your um um uh, EverQuest Next, and right, right. You know what I mean? Like the world is going to be much more Palpable. impacted mm-hmm. um, by the player's action. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit of influence from like Ark Survival Evolved and stuff yeah. like that. So, I think I think that is going to be the next big jump for MMOs. Um, but they're still kind of a limited. They are a genre unto themselves. I mean, not everyone is interested in an RPG, even. You know, like a lot of people play Skyrim. Sure. A lot of people have played FF7. Sure. But not that many people directly are tuned into like, what's the next RPG coming out? Because I got to I got to consume it. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I think that there are a couple of very limiting factors associated with producing an MMO anymore. And yeah, MMOs are in a in a tough spot. Um, but, uh, but I, I, you know, in terms of like delivering a better experience now, I don't think that they do. I think that, you know, there was, and maybe it's just the golden age of MMOs, but as you have audiences that continue to fracture and their alliances line up with, you know, whatever it is, uh, whatever, whatever game they're playing then, you know, that, that has a fracturing effect on communities and the ability for a new game to really, 
amass a a big enough audience to make it sustainable long term. Well, what's really unique about what you just said right there is that they're having trouble finding a way to give you a better experience. That's a very subjective thing to say. You know, when you're looking at, I think, veteran MMO players, when we look at something like Final Fantasy, what you know, Final Fantasy 14 is doing right now to us, that's not better. It's obviously a lot worse than than what it's ever been before. But if they are apparently bringing in new people, what Square Enix's vision might be is okay. We need to bring more people in because we're losing so many people they don't so much care as creating a better experience for us but the new people coming in who maybe don't know any better they're gonna think hey this is great this is awesome and with each patch that comes after it they're gonna they're not gonna have any basis for what's better or worse not yet but in give it a few more months and then when they realize they're just getting the same content over and over then they'll realize yeah that's i mean because we we hear from people all the time who call in and are like yeah I, i joined in and you know, 3.4, and I'm starting to see what you guys are talking about. You know, at first, I your show drove me nuts because, uh, you know, you were talking about all of this repeated content, and I couldn't figure out what you were talking about, and then I kept playing for six months, and now I've, I'm and now really... I'm playing the repeated content. Well, yeah. Let's hope the Final Fantasy XIV bubble bursts sooner rather than but, later. But, uh, to, to make something like that sustainable, though, you have to have a constant churn of incoming people, and mm-hmm. I think that Square Enix has kind of bottomed out. I think fourteen definitely has bottomed out on the number of people who haven't tried it yet that could try it and then end up uh, you know, a longer I, term. I have a different pool of people on my Facebook than you guys probably do. And I see at least like once a week or every other week, a friend or two will post, oh, who plays 14? Should I play this game? And like a lot of people usually say like, you know, if you're a new player, you're probably have fun for like a year or two. But then once you get through with everything, you're going to get really bored. That's, and that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's a totally fair assessment. Yeah. All right, so this uh, this this article, Final Fantasy fourteen Stormblood, one for the Final Fantasy veterans. Oh, it proclaims. Yes, this actually this is the reason this is the reason it caught my attention. I was veterans. This is Final Fantasy veteran, not FF fourteen veteran. I know, I know what it's saying. I know what it's saying. I know what it's saying. I sat down on Saturday and I actually Googled. Final Fantasy 14, looking for something to talk about. And this was right at the top. And when I saw For the Veterans, I thought, what? Now, now, granted, when I first saw that first two, I was thinking that it's saying Final Fantasy 14 is for the 14 veteran. But no, it is talking about if you're a veteran Final Fantasy player, this is one for you. Uh, the uh, little subline says that Final Fantasy 14 Stormblood gives me hope that Square Enix hasn't completely forgotten about what makes the series tick. Uh, okay. So this person clearly has a weeb boner. Let's let that marinate for a moment. We've talked. We've talked quite a bit. Weeb boner. (laughs) The weeb boner. Yes, we've talked quite a bit on this show, on Final Encountercast, even on Checkpoint Radio, about how Square Enix has lost. And Nick obviously doesn't agree. What makes Final Fantasy Final Fantasy? It started to go with FF twelve. 13 was 13 a was disappointment a and for, for a lot of people 15 just continued that trend right yeah so this person says that ff14 gives them hope that none of that's true square enix knows exactly what they're doing with stormblood square enix has delivered something that not only makes final fantasy 14 a contender for the best mmo out there but also what is perhaps one of the greatest Final Fantasy experiences. See, the thing is, is I may have said this about A Realm Reborn. I agree too. But even a d- little bit through Heaven's yeah, Word. Yeah, even I'm parts of Heaven's Word. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're saying you play all the other FF games and then jump straight into Stormblood. Now, th- without th- yes. having played the other. Now that's that's the problem. 
they are specifically referring to Stormblood in this article. So again, as we're going through and we're maybe discussing this and and we're going to compare it to the other Final Fantasies because it's it's basically positing that Final Fantasy 14 should be right up there with the best. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Like, like all of those. Boom. They're all just as equal. Okay? I, I, again, I would have said it about A Realm Reborn, especially after... The calamity, but yep, Stormblood. We we are going we are going to use specifically Stormblood's examples. So, so as we go quant- through some of this, quantifiably, quantifiably the worst villain in the series. Was he even a villain? Mm. He was just looking for a good time. Boring. I think he, was he had boring. potential. He had potential, but I think because like look at Nidhogg, it took us three patches before we killed Nidhogg. I feel like Zenos, for how big and bad he was supposed to be, he was off way too. Zenos wasn't even a bad guy. He was just looking for a challenge, and, guys. And the thing is, is I think I you know obviously I don't think we've seen the last of Zenos. Like, really? Oh, oh my god! Yeah. If, they, if they bring him back, no, oh, of course he's oh. going to. Come you know, back. you know he's going to. I thought Yutsuyu and uh, Fedola were better villains than Xenos was. I agree. I agree with that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Fedora was a pretty good villain. <laughs> which makes me... Fedora, yeah. Which makes me even sadder that they're going to both get redemption arcs in the next coming patches. Yeah. Well, because they... ruin uh, all Yotsu of their... Well, because they've, they've got to they've become our new... Uh, our, our new, new scions of life. Yeah. Oh, we do exactly. have we do have two openings, don't we? we well, yeah, we sure do. Damn it. Well, we some sure openings do. are yeah, bigger than others. Pippin and... <sighs> No, not yeah, Pippin. No. Yeah, look, stop. look, I, I'm actually cool with bringing two ladies in place of the potato that we lost, but... Yeah, well, that's not that's yeah. not the worst idea. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that, I, I mean, it, you know, we've we've seen the redemption arc happen so many goddamn times. <sighs> you sail. Uh, granted, you sail. You sail was a different... You sail had a great had a great arc, it but it was still... Right. It was still a redemption arc. But yes. she, but, mm, but she wasn't ever really a villain. She just had her own no, goal to help. You don't have to be. You don't have. You don't have to be evil to redeem yourself. Yeah, you sometimes can, you can, can be, be mis- misguided. Exactly, misguided, failed. Remember, she yes. she figured she thought that she failed uh, the heretics. Her, right. you know, her side of the people. So it's more about redeeming herself in her own eyes, yeah. rather than in our eyes. Exactly. Right, which I think her arc was done well. I agree. I, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I even think that for as much as I made fun of it, and as and for as much as I thought Estinian should have died as well yeah the Estinian nidhog arc was executed way better than any of the villain arcs that uh, so far we've been given for stormblood yeah that's also, i feel like they're making a really bold claim with stormblood considering we're only at 4.2 oh, oh really nika you think they're being bold now oh final <laughs> fantasy hang on hang on, hang on. but okay. the, but the, the the last thing that i want to mention is that you know uh, again the redemption arc already played out for Estinian, right? Like we and and I feel yeah. like it bottomed out then, right? Like with what we saw in Stormblood. And now yeah, and uh, well no 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 no, what we got in Heaven's World. Okay, and, okay. and and the thing is is like we're going to do it two more times. Again, mm. what, what what's been my criticism of of the narrative every time this fucking happens? What is this game? Dragon Ball Z? Like it really it literally fucking becomes Dragon Ball Z at that point where we're turning our former enemies into allies. How fucking cliché is yeah, that after the fifth armor. time that you've done it? Oh, wait till we get to Garlemald and have to team up with them. Uh, that yes. We've already teamed up we, with Garland. Thank you, Nika. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
I mean, but luckily they're they, they're dead now, so nobody knows. Well, we're, we're hanging out with Nero in fucking uh, stupid space, <laughs> and we 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 helped out Hy- Hydrus guy when we were doing the war. Fucking try. stupid! <laughs> it's all but it's just Dragon Ball Z logic, and I fucking Warren, hate that shit. The Warren Triad one was more of like a it's just a benefit to team up with an enemy. We never really became maybe, friends. But the whole Nero bullshit is so wait. Maybe in in five we'll find out that Gaius had a son, and we'll get to raise him. I mean, uh, I mean. <laughs> Listen, only if they give Nero a mustache is this is this okay? All right. I can actually then he makes see the, him with a then, mustache. Then he makes the full Vegeta transformation, and I'm all right with Wait, it. Wait, they okay. actually gave a mustache to Vegeta in some GT? Point? Fuck in GT. yes, they did. I can't even imagine. Oh, it is the, so it was amazing like a, it was too. A horrible mustache. Oh, it was awesome. That's what like, are you talking that's about? Like the same, that's like I found out the best part I of that whole the other series. day that they had originally uh, uh, wanted Picard in Star Trek to have a, a hair and have a toupee. I oh saw my a God, fuck off. I know there's a picture of it. Really? Oh, it's oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, no, seriously. The, I, I, I is Dragon Ball GT not everyone's favorite Dragon Ball? I haven't look. I haven't he watched. Looks like a dirty Mexican. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> oh my God. Like he's gonna go out and trim the hedges. Okay, Trump Jesus. position. Keep. Let's just. Can we? <laughs> let's 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 stick to the let's stick to stick to the topic here. As long as he sticks beyond the wall. Uh, no, uh, but it, it, I honestly, uh, it. Uh, they're they're repeating content in every possible way they can. It's embarrassing. At it this really point. is. So Nika, you 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 asked that you know it's a pretty bold claim. The, this article goes on to say that Final Fantasy XIV has often been called the true heir to the franchise's storied legacy. And Stormblood doubles down on that in every way imaginable. What? Every every way imaginable. I can imagine at least five ways right now. I was going to say. Uh, I think. I think they're they're <laughs> sort of mixing up the idea of doubling down with literally just cutting everything in half. Okay. Well, remember in Blackjack when you double down, you already have two of the same card, and you just separate those cards. So they're wow. they're just rehashing cards. It's, that was that was actually was somewhat made sense. Anyway, bit. it's because it has started with cards. I mean, games. I will agree that Stormblood story has something going for it. Will I say that it is like the ultimate Final Fantasy experience? Absolutely not. What, what does it have going for it? I don't know. I think it has the, the, the single player trials and stuff going for it. Like, I think the experience of those like fighting was at Lakshmi. Right. But, was, like, but those aren't stories. You're talking about like the actual mechanics. Part of the uh, main story. Okay. The MSQ. And the fact that you did them while you were doing the MSQ. Yes. But you can still appreciate a story without actually doing the fight. Like, for example, and if you, if you went to YouTube I, to watch the cutscenes and not actually do the fights, yeah. you could still have an appreciation for the game and for the story. Right. And and we've all we all agree that the actual mechanics and the fights throughout all of Stormblood have been some of the best in the game, but the story itself was weak, weak, totally weak. Yeah, uh, especially, really, uh, go ahead, Nika. Yeah, I'm actually really upset because you know when we went out at FanFest and they announced the expansion, they were basically billing it as the Monk expansion. Um, yeah, how about they that? Kind of forgot about the monks, and mm-hmm. my issue is that I really, you know, how much I used to talk about how much I love the monk lore and all that bullshit, and like if you actually do the monk storyline quests, you actually work with Vitergelt to reinstate the fist of Ralgar, and he actually becomes a really big player in, in in like rebuilding Alamigo, and yet when you go to do that whole Lakshmi thing, and all the envoys are there. 
there's no Peter Gelt. No. Nope. And I feel like he should be there. And it's for some reason they're completely leaving him out, but yet Astinian In- gets can- all of this glory. Nobody gives a shit about Astinian. Like, why In- is you already, you already got your expansion, you fucking cocksucker. So Get out of here. I don't understand why the hell when they build this to be the monk expansion and that the monk NBC is actually doing stuff to help rebuild Alamigo, that they are leaving the monks out of the main storyline quest. Yeah, there, there's a lot of inconsistency the in, yeah. in the world building. It, it just goes to support my theory that all of the different development teams are like completely insulated in, in, in whatever it is they're doing, whether it's building the story, making actual you know uh, battle content or whatever it is. They're all like in different separate so it's rooms. Like, it's compartmentalized like, to like ridiculous yeah. degrees. So like, I'm, I'm sure... Communicating I'm, through, through runners and gophers? Like, like I'm sure that the lore team was sitting there like looking at, at some of the cinematics for... Uh, you know, for uh, Stormblood and going, all right, but where are the monks? You know what I mean? Like, well, and anytime anyone brings up monks in like Q and A's now, like, is that the point? We're not even asking a specific question. They're just going monks, and Yoshi P's like, "Yep, <laughs> we got them. <laughs> we got them, monks." I, I just not in the story though. I don't. I don't. I. I. I am interested to hear more of this. Uh, more of this line of logic because I. I don't see how. Especially in a narrative capacity, how someone could say that Stormblood can even hold a candle to a realm of And that's actually where a lot of it uh, points to specifically is narrative. This next part, Nika, uh, uh, make sure you listen up because it talks a little bit about 15. So uh, they say, for the fans of the series who are disappointed with Final Fantasy 15's fractured and disappointing narrative and storytelling, which was us three for sure, and Nika, you... Some I of those like criticisms the story, but not the story you get. Right, right. And for those who miss fantasy, medieval, and stories this series used to tell, Stormblood is an absolute treat. And it's not just a treat because it does what old school Final Fantasy games used to do, but because it does it incredibly well. Which part of it, though? I, I mean, honestly, as much as I do enjoy parts of Stormblood's story, I can't even imagine what part of it is more emotionally gripping than 15's story. Well, they they mentioned that uh, that this feels more like a true mainline Final Fantasy sequel than A, FF15 ever did. And uh, for someone, this is from someone who adores Final Fantasy 15. And I think what they're saying is that the main reason that, that this holds true to Final Fantasy is is kind of because of our return to like the 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 medieval, but I wouldn't really call Far and stuff mid- medieval. No, that's like I mean, what because Doma's there? I yeah, I, I mean, I mean, what in 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 Stormblood was like you know the whole the whole callback thing that was Doma. Uh, is that is that it? Um. D- d- to previous Final Fantasies, yeah. I mean, I feel like there was some other ones, but I can't. I mean, I obviously, Rabinasty. Guys, Rabinasty, <laughs> callback to twelve, right. Omega to five. Yeah. Okay. Omega. There's another good one. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah. you have Omega and and Doma, and that's supposed to give like a true lineage to the Final Fantasies, especially considering the way they bastardized the Omega story. I I, I don't. I, I mean, I I don't get it. Uh, I. The only thing that I can think is that, yeah, we don't have, like, futuristic weapons or, like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. They go on to mention that what helps is that the voice acting of the game is top-notch, especially when it comes to the more major characters. It's okay. This is It's, th- a, it's, it's not bad, but I wouldn't say it's top-notch either. This is something, one of the more stronger points I think they have is that, yes, it, yeah, it's it, well, it, it it's usually well does have good. some yeah. pretty good voice good. acting. Sure. The story has a singular focus on telling a dour and compelling narrative, and that is something that bleeds into its writing and voice acting as well. Um, okay. Mm, uh, where everybody okay. has plot armor and yeah. 
forget about yeah when when was the last time we had any type of meaningful danger uh Hmm. I think I think maybe when I thought the Sultana was dead when we thought or, or even when we thought the scions could end up dead. Yeah, that was it. Right. And here's the problem. After that, when when we thought Shinryu was actually Ralgar, when none of, <laughs> nobody. Th- <laughs> yeah, for, no, it would have made more that. sense for it. To it, be it would. You know what? It would have. It would have. <laughs> but no. Random ass dragon. Yeah. Did anyone think that Papimo was going to die? Yeah, kind of. You thought he was going to die? Because I, yeah, I, I did uh, in in. It, it, was it a surprise when it happened? No, because I think that they had enough hints in the story that he was about to. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I thought were, that he would no, survive. But, I'm saying, are you, but, but are you surprised didn't. that he didn't get the Sultana treatment and come back to life? Um, no, no. Because uh, honestly, I feel like except for Yasel and uh, Moonbrita, I feel like every other person that's like almost died doesn't die. Well, because the way I feel like the way that uh, they hearts and farts as well. The no, way that the way too. that they set it up with Popliomo, I could have saw it going either they put themselves into a corner because they killed him okay nobody cared because they did set it up like he was gonna die but right. had they brought him back nobody would have cared because we'd have been like that's what they uh, fucking do i think i think yeah i think there's certain characters that have semi-red shirt status right like that are Pop- expendable Poplimo was one of them moon Brita was totally like that moon, she came in moon, just yes. to help she had like all the solutions to all the problems. They're like, well, she's got to die. The yeah. fucking yeah. The minute she was introduced in the story, I was like, red shirt. There it is. Um, I think that there are a couple other characters that probably have red shirt status right now. Um, God, who? Yeah, who? All the all the people that died in Stormbolt, like the the guy who was leading the <laughs> thing that Lee took over, who's leading the rebellion. Well, okay. those guys aren't even characters. Anybody underneath Lee right now? The uh, M- Monago. Well, I, I'm talking about Monago. Yeah, uh, um, Monago. Yeah, she's a minor character. Yeah, Varenheld, the guy with the white stuff on his face. Yeah, the scar. Ardenveld. Ar- Ardenveld. We, yep. We've mm-hmm. we've apparently known him for a really long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think I think both of those characters are actually very good guesses, mm-hmm. right? But I think I think even one above him in in the major cast of characters, I think Yida's got plot armor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. does. So does Yastola. Uh, Yastola's definitely. Well, I don't know. You no, know what? No, Wait, no. hang on. No, no, no. They've For been. For two reasons. Okay. Go ahead. One, one being the fact that like she should have died when her shield broke and Stormblood and didn't. That's her plot armor. Okay. Secondly, is she is the face of fourteen right now with her yep. being in Dissidia. Dis- they Dissidia. are not okay. going to kill her. You know what? She is like the poster child for fourteen. Yeah, yep. yep. you're right. She's, that she's on, immune. On that count, you're you're absolutely right. I think Sancred's definitely got plot armor. <sighs> yes, they should kill him off because he's been I misused think he should have so died hard. back in the original story when he was possessed by I La Habrea. Agree. I feel like I that whole yeah. thing should have been to kill La Habrea. Yep. could like kill me too and we're like we hate this but we have to do it. Yep. Bam. And no, that Not to happen. mention they could have also killed him when he started getting all super reckless and we were trying to save Minfilia. He right. could have died there and that right. would have been perfectly fine too. Oh yeah, Sultana's clearly got plot armor. I mean, any any chance that they've that they've toyed with killing someone and then taken it away, that it, it, to me indicates yeah, like 100% should have been plot armor. Yeah, Estinian's well, got plot the fact armor. That for sure. is back and like doing shit behind the scenes, he's not dying. If, if they, for because sure. Because if they tried to kill off anybody who nearly died now, it's not going to matter. I think. All. I think like, it will have impactful. no impact. I think he Hean yeah. might be the only one that I can think of. The only one of the major characters that I can think of right now that might get axed. They would have to introduce mm. someone who could take his spot as ruler, though. Is there somebody who could do that? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Gosetsu could have, but he died. Oh. Yeah, see, you, see, Gosetsu's another one. I actually felt that his death was impactful. And yeah, then they, yeah. and then they, yeah, well, I, was, he, I actually really had grown to like Gosetsu as a character. I thought he was funny and he was strong. And like, 
then when mm-hmm. he sacrifices himself and comes back like I, the whole entire thing was just ruined for me i, I don't know I, yeah, why th- they do this i think i think clearly now gosetsu and uh yotsoyu both have plot armor if mm-hmm. they wanted to keep yotsuyu alive i say keep gosetsu dead and let yotsuyu like crawl out of the water and like want more revenge and don't give her a redemption arc i agree like mm-hmm. i agree <laughs> Yeah. Let, let, yeah, let, I think I think Yotsoyu because uh, what, what you're what you're getting at, Nika, is that Yotsoyu would have been our vessel for Schadenfreude. That we would have seen all of the terrible things. It would have been yeah. like it would have been like watching karma play out, right? Mm-hmm. Like we would have seen all of the terrible consequences that all of her terrible actions for so long have wrought on her. But now, yeah. now she just gets to clean the slate and go eat fucking. Yeah, she's got amnesia, and she's like, "I'm a cutesy little cute cute." Yeah. Oh god damn! I just want to. Although that could, that could be that could be. Uh, it could be a a, a play, but yeah. I, or it could I just know. even backfire. I feel like she, not not necessarily a play, but at some point, all those memories could come flooding back into her and be such a shock that she does go like super evil. Or like just insane, yeah, crazy, yeah, maybe. Let's go to our phone lines and talk to Dejem of Goblin. What's going on, Dejem? Well, not a whole lot, guys and gal. What is uh, what's happening with the LBR? Uh, <laughs> not much. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, you guys are getting into that article. I have not uh, read it, but I, I was listening to uh, the front end there and the kind of the throwback aspect of fourteen calling back to the classical sense of Final Fantasy. Uh And I think uh, that kind of nailed it in that regard, not necessarily in regards to Stormblood, but uh, like I picked up the game when it uh, launched on PlayStation 3, still uh, playing just because it's accessible. And that was initially one of the reasons why I stayed engaged is because it felt significantly more Final Fantasy than any of the other iterations, uh, probably disregarding 12, and uh, I never touched 11. Well, and but, I think... Uh, I think 10 onward. Yeah, I think we all agree with that, too. As we said, you know, back with The Realm Reborn, they definitely had a very, very old-school Final Fantasy feel to it. I remember one of my favorite quotes that made me so hopeful. Like, if I had to pick out a singular thing that Yoshi P has ever said, it was back when he was doing, you know, the big tour of interviews for, you know, saving Final Fantasy XIV. He said that he wants to return Final Fantasy XIV to the dark roots that FF is known for. You guys remember that? (laughs) Yeah. The dark roots where nobody ever dies and everyone gets redemption. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think that's uh, that's one of my beefs. Is uh, if you're going to kill somebody or pretend to kill somebody, uh, just leave them dead. Yeah, no, I I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of argument out of us here. Uh, we, you know, when the Sultana thing, Sultana thing happened, Sultana, so Sultana, uh, when when the Sultana thing happened, it was just like such a. I think it was such a kick in the balls because it it, it really felt like a betrayal of that promise that that FF14 was going to go back to the dark roots of, that was of Final probably, Fantasy. Honestly, that was probably the turning point, I think. Like when I look back on it, even mm-hmm. though we had some fun in Heaven's Ward, I think that not killing the Sultana was the turning point. I I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I I think that, you know, that was one of the worst decisions that they ever made because again, here we are, uh, uh, you know, an expansion and a half later and if they were going to make that into some kind of compelling secondary plot point, yeah. it should have happened by now. They clearly with her. Yeah, they clearly have no plan. They fucked that up bad. If the Sultana had been removed, 
What would have changed in everything we've seen so far? And and honestly, nothing. Uh, nothing other than Ramon maybe having yeah, a little bit more very, motivation. Very, very little. Did, were, were there enough complaints? Like, did people really complain about the Sultana dying? I don't think they did. I don't think there were. I mean, I know that she was a popular no, I character, and I know were. that people were sad about it. But, but I you should have been. <laughs> but I don't think that there were that there were people flooding the forums going, well, I think that this was a really bad idea, and this is why, this is why, this is why. Literally I, I unplayable. Ca- I cannot figure out why the fuck they brought her back. Yeah, it's uh, honestly a, a lost opportunity on their part. It's uh, it would have been a compelling story, but then they just uh, you know whitewashed the whole thing, cleaned it up. It was like, oh, she's not dead. It's all a all a giant fake out. Man, we're all just gonna forgive Square each Enix other. Understands the word impact at all? They understand the impact on our wallets. <laughs> I mean, the it's fact of a narrative value. I mean, the fact the fact of the matter is, is that Square Enix hasn't been able to deliver a really emotionally impactful narrative that flowed very well since Final Fantasy X. Let's yep. be honest. Let's be honest, because FF11, while it was good, it I don't think it was necessarily narratively that satisfying or head and shoulders above FF10. Uh, 12 definitely was not 13 was a pile of garbage FF 15 we'll fight about that later but <laughs> uh, I, I think that yeah you know, I'll let you know when I beat that yeah it, yep. it, and, breath. but that's the thing though is that I think since Final Fantasy 10 Square Enix has been really good at making a long narrative so long that somewhere in the middle they step on their dick enough to turn half the audience that bought it off what was the statistic of that how many people? Such a great analogy. What, what was the st- what was the statistic of the amount of people that finished Final <sighs> Fantasy fi- uh, fifteen that bought it? It was less than half, wasn't it? Was, it? I like thought it 30. was thirty. I thought right. it was uh, like thirty percent or under. Yeah, something like that. And, and I got and, to the uh, the basically the transition where you're that locked into the uh, the main story arc where you, you go across the sea or some jib jab like that. That's about where I uh, I checked out. I feel like that's where I stopped too. And, and and that's the thing is that it's not that the arc of the story is bad. It's that in the middle, it's bad enough that I stop caring enough to keep oh, wanting to play. That is the worst. And I feel like FF, you know, specifically Stormblood repeats this. Uh, I, I mean. A Realm Reborn didn't. I mean, I think it lost some direction in some of the Point X patches, but it never really lost its its appeal. It, it was all of those weird quests where, like, you kind of went away from the MSQ for a minute to do this weird stuff off on the side to give right. you extra XP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That was basically just padding to get you from you know one patch to the next and, well, and, and keep you engaged. And luckily, and at the end, they I think they realized what kind of mistake they <laughs> they made. When and made another you one. You have more patch quests than you did in the actual main story. Yeah. So they took those out, but now the MSQ is the boring part. Well, yeah, because well, honestly, the the original A Realm Reborn MSQ wasn't that engaging. Like it, it doesn't really start to get decently good until after you fight Titan, and like that's, that's true. a whole I don't know. I felt, just 
I mean, making right the, making the stew, like the, honestly. Okay, like, but but the Ifrit yeah. battle, like when I for the first time you fight Ifrit, I mean that that's mm-hmm. only like that was what, pretty good. Oh yeah, no, that, level that's twenty money. or thirty. Yeah, like yeah. I felt like it, like that was the first time playing this game where I felt like, oh yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I was engaged. Yeah, that's also like the first primal you see. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the first big baddie. Right. Yeah. And it does make you feel like you're playing something really epic at that level. It's just I think they got there too early. Right? Like, you're taking down Ifrit for the first time midway through the the MSQ, and then it makes you feel like, okay, well, if I can take down the God of Fire, then why am I bothering to make dumb fucks stew? There's also, <laughs> you can see early on, even I think some... Well, it's a test, Nero. Some of... It's a test. <laughs> even early on, specifically in Ifrit, there's even still some devices they use there that were already making me roll our eyes like you defeat uh, uh ifrit and then thancred shows up oh i just missed it didn't i darn i wasn't here for you i failed you and let you die shut the fuck up yeah like just have him there fighting with us right i mean it is easy enough yeah, to and do at, at he probably point, didn't he's have already aware of the echo too so he knows that he really they, can't do they, anything so, so give them the echo then like look aaron vald has a little bit of the echo yeah so you can actually give them enough to like not be turned into thralls but also not be as useful as what the the warrior of light is and don't say they have the technology they did in ff11 and with it, multiple characters and I, I mean again i'm just saying like like if you go to that well too early it's it's like Again, you know, we've really kind of, uh, I, I think, stripped it down to its very essential. It's just it's a big boss in a fucking circle room. And all of the impressive qualities of it are lost. And, and I think because, uh, uh, again, especially if you're doing that so early on in your character's progression and now you're like, I level 100 and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like nothing mm-hmm. feels like it feels meaningless. Even if you strip yeah, away the arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. Even even if you strip that away though, even if again if we're talking just about Stormblood as an entity and not looking back to a Realm Reborn or Heaven's Word, it's still so weak. The the, the next yeah. thing that they mention here, which I think the this next point is really the big one that bothered me the most. Uh, the cutscenes in Stormblood are absolutely beautiful. Final Fantasy has always been known for having some of the flashiest, most well-directed cutscenes in the industry. That's just as true with this expansion pack as it has ever been, if not even more so. I don't know about that. I, I have never been more disappointed by cutscenes than in this expansion. I mean, they are still pretty, but I do feel like they could have done more with certain parts of it. Uh, again, especially if you're comparing them up to, uh, you know, the the epicness and the uh, the the majesty of something like uh, Binding Coil of Bahamut, which really. Every time I went into a new area, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is fucking epic. Mm-hmm. And I felt it. And they've never been able to to hit that high watermark ever. And, you know, the thing that I, that, that to me is like the biggest cardinal sin of, of MMOs specifically, but cutscenes in general, is cutscenes with no music. And in and, and a game when you have someone like Soken that is working as much as he is and making the kind of the kind of music that he does, there is no excuse in the entire fucking book that you could give me on why there isn't some kind of fucking music in the background. Yeah. No, I agree. It's sort of like yeah, when you it's purposefully w- without music for impact, but like, but how often the does that that's not the case? Th- this was actually, this, this was when he was giving his victory speech yeah. to his twelve yeah, subjects, and there's fucking nothing going on. Yep, I have never been taken out of a cutscene so much, and that should have been the pinnacle uh, of, of 
it, well, quote unquote, it was the pinnacle of our achievements over there and authored. And it was diluted down into some fucking hobo talking to a bunch of drunk guys who just, dude, he does who just look, watched me take the castle. He does look like a hobo, doesn't he? He's a super hobo. Anyway, all uh, Samurai do. Dejim, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. Do you have any shout outs before we let you go? Um, no, actually, I don't. But, okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks. Thank and you. Uh, you we, we understand that you uh, also listen to Checkpoint Radio on KLSB. <gasps> Thank you very much for uh, checking out the show. And uh, thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. If you want to give the show a call, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord to uh, give us a call. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you actually agree with the author of this article saying that Stormblood is a definitive Final Fantasy experience. I wouldn't even call it a definitive Final Fantasy experience. It's a Final Fantasy experience. Because it has the name on it. I mean, it's got chocobos and moogles and bullshit. Like, I mean, and it there's definitely crystals. feels like a Final Fantasy game. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But like More than the 15 pinnacle does. of what an FF should be, eh, I don't know. Yeah. The story being told here is one that works on several levels as a sweeping and epic tale about a massive war and as a collection of personal, more intimate stories about several characters. Who, want, who, wants, to, who wants to take this one apart? I, I don't, say I don't it think has, it works on either one of those levels, to be honest I want to say with you. it has those, but it didn't do no, it right. No, no, those, no, 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 no. Those elements are present in the They're blender. Present, but they didn't do it right. On paper, yes. There, was, there should have been a massive war. You realize the only battle in Author that we actually really fought was against our allies to make them our allies? That that, that was like the big battle of Author. <laughs> kind of right, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, but but yeah. massive sweeping battle, everybody. Honestly, on paper, like, like again, you... Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm, the whole the whole thing myself. was I'm come s- help take back Alamigo. Like when you look at the Facebook advertising, it's like join the rebellion, fight back today. And yes! you're right, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. No, oh and God, no! Th- it doesn't feel like that at all. At oh. all. Not yeah, only that, all but, the, the Facebook advertising was going through the beginning. No, yeah, Stormblood was like come join this, fight back, take back. You know, join the fight. And like, okay, let's go play some games with some people. And dude, not just know. that, not just that. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Wings of the Goddess felt like a way bigger conflict than oh, for sure. <laughs> anything in Stormblood at all. I don't even remember the conflict from Wings of the Goddess campaign. Oh, just campaign. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just just campaign in general. Well, because yeah, there be, were actual battles. Dude, you would be going, fighting against people taking over your territories. Not just that, but you'd be going across. Dude, you would be going across the map and you would see a swarm of fucking quadavs or yagudos yeah and they would be on the way to take the take over the position and it was just like it made you feel like oh shit there's urgency because they could kill you too you know there, there, there's something that i said early on when we, i think was uh, the episode where we first started talking about the story here where um i actually applauded when you came back from author to alamigo and sort of finished up the arc there that that actually felt a little bit more like a war which I think it did because there were actual quote unquote battles. 
But looking back on it now, I guess I think I actually have to apologize to Juxta because he was the one that's like, no, nah, that was all shit, too. I think just in comparison to Authored, <laughs> when all we were, we're like, oh, look, let's go over here and beat these guys at their own tournament so that we can make them be our so soldiers. Steal them as slaves. Yeah, pretty much. Like, compared to that, oh, yeah, the Alamigo stuff was, was great because, again, actual battles happened even though the cutscenes were brief and it was mostly people just being I, like oh no the battle's starting now fade to black the look at all these were bodies fucking dungeons i feel like if we could have had the take back alamigo where we're storming the castle along the lines of the fucking um what's the stupid thing in the asim step whatever that was called like where the, you're the Nottum? The, the, yeah, the Nottum. If you take the Nottum and you take those mechanics, but instead it's all of our allies that we've recruited rushing the castle and fighting against the enemies and pushing forward, that would have been amazing. But mm-hmm. no, we get a dungeon. Yeah. Congrats. It, it, but Were isn't that exactly the what the, the fuck dungeon? I said? And we don't even battle with our friends. We always split up at the beginning for some reason. But isn't that exactly what the fuck I was saying? Like, yeah. when you make it into a dungeon that you cynically run every single week or have the possibility of one in three running it every single week, that it takes the narrative punch out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's I think it's that's... Cool that's that, I, Nika, I think you're right. Like, if that was a one... Whoa, do, whoa holy still, what? Sucks. She's right on this one. No, if this was a, I know it's if just, this was something wow. that you did once ever as your character, that it and would it be far really more impactful. Yeah, like I think the Doma Castle dungeon, I think, was probably the most aesthetically cool and mechanically fun dungeon out of all of them. But it again takes away from the impact of it because it doesn't really feel like we are, you know, our allies are coming together to go and like fight it. Like it was cool in Alamigo, you can like see your allies fighting behind the gates. Like I made it a mission at first to like find where each person was, but like why can't what would have been so much cooler is that once you got to your ally, you help them kill what they're fighting and then they join you and follow you the rest of the dungeon. Didn't, that they, would have been didn't awesome. they do that in one of the, the duties for Heaven's Ward? Oh, no, it was the other way, where we all started out together, and as we fought through the uh, the chapel or whatever, they like would stop to like fight other things, then it ended up with us fighting uh, just at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. There was like, ju- just, it wasn't a dungeon, it was a duty, just yeah. before... Um, it was like patch uh, like 3.1 or something yeah, like that. It, it was really early. Yeah. Yeah, really early on. But yeah, that, see, that was really cool. And, and and we always talk about how awesome it is when they actually let you fight alongside your allies. And again, FF11 actually did that quite a bit. And we actually yeah, got... Yeah, it did. And you even, had to make sure they didn't die. Like, we again, only got that once with uh, Astinian when we fought Nidhogg. Yeah. And, and that was also and, in a dungeon. And we get um, it with duties again. Remember when you're fighting next to uh, 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 Yugiri when you're in that village? The second time I think that Xenos fights you yeah so like they give it to us in just these duties like these one times a lot and they're great but then when it comes to dungeons like the most recent one we went to the drowned city of Scala hey old sport let's make a contest of it and see who can get to the treasure first that no one's ever found all right bye no you beat us okay good good job cool like make it actually possible for us to lose and then we have to do it again like make it a challenge or no just if you do it under a certain amount of time you just get a different cutscene. they yeah that'd be cool i mean that's at least something enough to change it up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i want to talk a little bit about the characters now because this isn't again this isn't just about the massive sweeping war but this is a great collection of personal more intimate stories about characters was there any character in Stormblood, again, we're not going to use anything before Stormblood, but was there any character arc or moment in Stormblood that impacted you on a level anywhere near something from any of the Final Fantasies? Um, when Fordola blew up her own people. That, that, that impacted you. Why? 
because I felt like and was I, I thought that meant she would never get a redemption arc and that it was actually a turning point for her character that she was actually like had that that was the moment where I thought she could go the redemption way or the not okay and the fact that she so blew up her own people I figured that meant she was now off the deep end and she was a legitimate villain and right. I thought that was pretty impactful however we're saying that, that you're wrong I, I actually have a, I have a specific question for you then because i'm not sure if if it impacted you because like the moment itself was emotional or just because you thought holy shit square enix is about to take a chance and do something a little bit cool. of both a little bit of both because there the, see the only time that i felt even even a small hint of it was when you had when uh uh gosetsu surrenders himself uh to to help save the villages or whatever that, that yeah. Yatsui was just slaughtering and we get like that torture sort of scene yeah i like that too that was good i thought that that was a good start i thought they could have went a lot yeah. further with it mm-hmm. that they could have done a lot more with it and, yeah. and, and honestly obviously he didn't but had he had had she actually killed uh gosetsu there as well for me that would have cemented her as a true villain to see where they are now oh my gosh i'm so like, i'm so pissed off that either of them are alive. every every final fantasy like well not only that they that they're still alive but that they're like a goofy side arc now that they're probably going to get together and fall it's, in love it's going to be like a buddy oh God, cop no. or some no sh- yeah they're going to fall in love what, nika you don't see that coming by the end of this expansion I she's going to be pregnant it. or even have a baby yeah they're, they're an item now what they yep. are 100 an item yep that's happening Maybe maybe uh, Hildebrand will be in there, or they'll be in Hildebrand's little story arc because it's super goofy and fun. <sighs> What's wrong, Juxta? Just don't even mention Hildebrand. <laughs> he's dead to me. He's not though. He's gonna be coming back. Nah, he's we dead. got we got a preview. He'll be God, in this that next preview. Pass, was horrendous. Right? It was nothing. Are we? Yeah, they, they have said, we gotten Hildebrand since two point so. I hope Eureka just has Hildebrand in it too. They just put everything into Eureka. <laughs> Eureka is everything from now on. Log into Eureka, guys. But no, whenever I look at any Final Fantasy, like every Final Fantasy that I've played, there is a singular moment that stands out among everything else where like I really felt something, right? I don't have that for any of Stormblood. I don't have it for Stormblood, and I don't have it for a large degree of Heaven's Word. You sail. The, yeah, the you sail was it. Oh, actually, Yisail was not not Yisail's death. Stuff. It was when we first mm-hmm. meet uh, Raish Valgor, and he's like, "You're you're not Lady like, Shiva. You're not Shiva." Yeah. And she's Fuck like, "You what?" The, basically, three <laughs> Yeah, is where it stopped. after after three I uh, think three episode was the last optimistic episode we had. May have been mm-hmm. because there was some legit good plot that that uh was to be had in 3.0 and then remember the warriors of darkness how they were just kind of yeah no, yeah no, no i no. do <laughs> i do remember them because they were just kind of like tacked on as a as they like had so a much potential to be super cool it was so like, weird villains or anti-heroes the Urianji betrayal they were tacked on but they were like tacked on at the end of like every yeah. like patch so they were like prolonging the attacking on part no, you know what the Warriors of Darkness were? The Warriors of Darkness was an episode of Burn Notice. Where at the beginning, they're like, all right, this is the main story. Let's go do something completely un- unrelated. And then at the end, okay, we solved that problem to move the main story on just a tiny little bit. Yeah. At least so terrible. far, nothing like that is popping up in, in Stormblood. But the thing is, is that we're literally just at 4.2. Like for this person to claim that Stormblood is going to be doing, is, is this greatest storytelling masterpiece. I'm like, do you? really have any idea where this is going yeah do, uh, do anything like heaven's word word we haven't even started going downhill yet guys yeah, right and that's the thing is that even the you know 4.0 
couldn't even bring me back, right? Like that whole 4.0 story, I was bored. I was bored out of my fucking I feel mind. Like it should have taken us almost this entire expansion to liberate Alamigo. Like maybe yeah. 4.4. And then, like, the, we spend the last patch figuring out how to, like, build it back And up. there should like, have been deaths. Like, real yes. deaths. Like, like a real war. war. You lose war, people. people die. Yeah. At this point. That we uh, are the only casualty of the, entire, of the entire Alamigo thing. It's just their leader. Is yeah. just the old guy. Okay. That's and yes, it. All right. Well, we, got, we, we lost someone at the very, very start, too. Some other wrinkly guy that was a resistance fighter. We did? Yeah, we lost oh, some yeah. guy. We lost the Skuro. Aww. He was a villain, though. I loved him. And, no, but I mean, also, technically, that first raid when we were actually, well, that was pretty impactful at first, too. When you're like not there and Xenos is raiding the entire village and you go back and like people are supposed to have died there. You still but, didn't for some except, aspect, but, wait, 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 wait. except they they gave away the fucking big <laughs> plot point in that scene where we had seen that in we, the in the fucking trailer. Xenos yep. coming in and breaking the shield of Yishtola. And God. they immediately immediately undercut all of it where when we have complete control look we're all laying on the ground dead he could have finished off the resistance right he's just like all right let's go home now guys we did our part and then we move back in to the exact same location yes if they wanted to solidify him as this big bad villain they were trying to build him up to be they could have done so much more and i can point i can go back and just point out particular iterations like if he had killed someone here if he had like destroyed this there he would have been a much more hated villain if they would have lined up all the survivors right fine or you want your shoulder to live fine line up all the survivors and we see him behead everyone and then someone comes in and you know, saves us and Yishtola at the end. Fine. But no, he's literally just like, all right, guys, I'm going to take my ball and go home now. You stop being a bad resistance. You behave now. I, I, I love, I love, because remember, I dragged my feet on, uh, on completing Stormblood. And, uh, of course, people got at me about it in the chat, and they're like, when we, we were complaining, when we were complaining about this plot point, they were like, oh, just wait till you finish it. It makes sense. It never made sense. <laughs> You fucking assholes! No, you lied to me. That never made sense, on. and it was a never. It was never a good they, plot point. They mean when you finish Stormblood at Fuck at, at, at four point five, it's going to make sense why Xenos didn't kill us Fuck that off. day in you Rutgers. Know. No, he was just grooming you to be a better fighter and a better. Yeah. we're, we're going to find out challenge. that he's actually our father. <laughs> so Star Wars, then Star Wars. So, so square- ridiculous! I didn't even have words for that. So Square Enix is going to rip off Star Wars. Twice, which is why we're going to get the space station. Skrull was right. Hashtag Skrull was right. But I do think that if Zenos had flat out a Garlean space station, or Kryle should have died by forgiving her echo to Bordola. Kryle should have died. I forgot about that. That they that they gave Kryle plot armor. Hey, look! If either of those characters had died, it would have been like, oh, Zenos is really up to some horrible shit. Even though that was like his scientist doing this. And now we've taken over that experimentation space, and it's like it's it should that should feel like you know like you're walking yeah like you're walking into like Nazi experimentation camps, right? But instead, it's just like. Now oh, this is the place where Kryle didn't die. We killed that scientist as a second uh, boss in a dungeon. He yeah. was probably Why the was most he not his own boss fight. He was the most for me the most interesting thing that they could have built on. Yes. And like it we kill Xenos, fine. He's gone. So if it would have turned out that that guy was some type of like puppeteer behind the scenes, Dude, I'd have been so into that. That would have been really yeah, cool. Yeah, but he was just he wasn't even the final boss. He was the mid boss. Do you remember his name? 
Why no? wasn't it Hojo? Anybody? Why oh, wasn't it Hojo? Shit, why mean, wasn't it, was it Hojo? Hojo? I mean, it could have easily been Hojo as a callback to, and nobody would have. Reminded yeah, why, me of Baxter Stockman. Uh, the, uh, the, so I many. Mean, I literally just did Doma Castle earlier today, and I still don't remember. No, it wasn't Doma Castle. It was uh, wherever it Al- was. Was he at Alamigo? He was. Yeah, Alamigo. Alamigo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I did it like a couple days ago, and I I still don't remember. The, uh, I do it all the time. Story does go on to point out a few you know flaws in the game. Talks about uh, that from a design perspective, Stormblood is a little more inconsistent. <laughs> really, also calls out the underwater Wait, sections. Hang on, what? The design is inconsistent. Game design. game design. Oh, game design. It's bogged down by some issues, most of which are familiar to MMOs. Uh, a lot of grinding to be done. Uh, story missions that are level gated, and the side quest design is, as they say, quite frankly, unimaginative and boring. Yeah, no, the side quests are fucking yeah. stupid. It says um, what you'd expect from an MMO, but like, so yeah. if you're trying to tell us though that this is the pinnacle of a Final Fantasy experience, story wise, in the narrative. Like- it's not even the best, okay. it, dude. It's not even the best Final Fantasy in this game. Like, I, like, <laughs> like I said, oh like I said, A Realm Reborn was better. Hell, I think 1.0 was a little bit more compelling than Stormblood. Based on some of the cutscenes, narrative wise, yes, yeah, absolutely. Because at least I didn't have a fucking clue of what was going on. Stormblood, I feel like I've been able to call every beat of this story three beats before it happens. But you haven't finished it, so you don't know for sure. I do know for sure because I've seen it all before. Oh. If Square Enix would take a chance and do something that would surprise me, I'll be the first one to sit here and sing its praises and poop my pants on air. Did hey. you see Manphilia becoming God and leaving us? Did you predict that? <laughs> did, she, she, did she become God? She's she's basically she's God in, in physical form. So she's Altana's mm. physical representation so that she can speak with people. Yeah, so Heidelin just hijacked her body. Manphilia's fucking did dead. Did I say Altana? I totally did, didn't I? Yeah, I yeah. Manphilia's yeah. dead. <laughs> she just brain jacked her. Rocking. Yeah. I, so I don't, she didn't become I, God. I, I was a little bit surprised by the Manphilia thing, but that's also still a Heavensward plot point. Yeah, and it still made zero sense. No, it did make it. It made zero sense, and I do think that we'll probably see Minfilia come back. Well, I hope so. But the thing is, is that that entire plot thing was actually kind of interesting. The fact that like the Warriors of Darkness have proved to us that there are multiple worlds living alongside each other, and that some of them are in peril, and we should try to work to keep the light and dark balance within the universe. But how are we going to get back to that? Like, that is a really cool plot point that exists. And now, like, we're doing Alamigo and we're probably going to go to Garlemald. Like, we're not going to pay tell yeah, attention to that. nowhere even on our there's, radar there's anymore. no way we would get back Does to that. Does it matter? All they have to do is be like, oh, hey, we're back. And, and you know, we need your help from space. Tr- traditional Square Enix fashion. No, I, I mean, you know, because she's now got deus ex heidelin uh she can come back anytime she could come back tomorrow because uh you know um fucking i don't know thancred thancred was having trouble wiping his ass and needed help like you you (laughs) that's that's the thing about deus ex machina plot points is that you don't need you don't need a reason for any of that shit to happen yeah hey astinian destroyed the eyes of nidhogg and it created a space vacuum time vortex that blew open a cyclone hole in the aether i mean the fact (laughs) that we just go with it the fact that the fact that we've said multiple times that hearts and farts could probably come back as a sum 
woman. You know what I mean? Like the the pathways. I'm so mad. I know, I know. Uh That was another missed opportunity. But the pathways for those kinds of plot points to play out exist. And um, you know, even though sometimes we're wrong about them, the fact is, is that you know, like we're right often enough, or that we can sense where the thing is going often enough to where it becomes predictable and boring. We're right whenever Square Enix does something. Whenever Square Enix predict it. Sorry. The way to predict it is you take the cool thing like him coming back as Ixion and it being sad and they just know that that's not what they're going to (laughs) do. That's probably pretty true. You can do the opposite of that. Right. Uh, Is there more to... No, no. Overall, I mean, that's pretty much it. He also says that underwater stuff was uh, kind of disappointing. I I, I will say... Um, cause I, I spent, uh, I spent a weekend over the, uh, the holiday collecting all my aether currents cause <gasps> I hadn't done any of that. Wow. Betra- really? Top yeah. 10 anime betrayal. I know. Right. Um, and how uh, did you ever do your hunts to cap your tome? <laughs> <laughs> However, would I have done that? Uh, and I've, I, I do have to say that the map design is still probably some of the best that I've ever seen in an MMO. Yes, I, I wish I saw half the map, but I didn't do the side quests, so I never saw it. Also something that I will give them, uh, specifically, except, wh- except for, uh, uh, the, the sea. The whatever the oh yeah the ruby sea the, the ruby sea yeah, yeah the, the one that one just felt needlessly large yes well because they needed water area yeah and and pointless like mm-hmm. and all because all of the anytime I'm swimming I'm like it's fucking this is all of this is pointless nothing can happen to me it's basically oh. like flying flying is completely pointless it's you like just use it as a way sky. to get from point A to point B yep. Yep. there's nothing that can happen while you're flying you're basically you're given plot armor while you're flying. It's plot magic. I mean, speed plot armor. That's why it's important. Also, just the fact that there are no like evil monsters in the sky or in the sea feels yeah. very like not realistic and immersive. Yeah, immersive, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that you would actually be you know un, like you, that? There's more, more danger? danger. Yeah, sharks and shit. Yeah, now you got things that can come up underneath you and shit. I mean, there's enough flying no, monsters in the game, but they only fly one foot off the ground instead of in the sky. What I, I I don't like no there's so many monsters that you actually fight like um in in the sea of clouds like there's those like bird monsters that are actually oh. flying oh, but yeah, they're yeah, only yeah. flying like a foot off the ground right they should be like in the air attacking you <laughs> but no that would be too much work and that would be hard to code and there would be, we have to uh, maintain we'd actually have the to balance do, we'd actually do work the so ba- the balance would be hard to maintain Fuck balance God. our servers can't take it maybe when we upgrade to PS5 but I mean like uh, honestly <laughs> honestly. Uh, you know, looking at everything that that Stormblood has done in a narrative sense up to now, like, you know, I don't see it. I, I, I again, I don't even think that Stormblood is the strongest out of the FF14 expansions. No, in fact, I, I think uh, it's probably even if you in, want to include FF11 expansions storyline, it's I, probably not even that. I in wouldn't the top even 10. say that like the old like BC day, Burning Crusade days of World of Warcraft was more compelling than Stormblood was. I mean, because the point of MMO Back when they didn't even have cutscenes. I, I mean, as even as if you if you take like the point of MMO content as a way to move you from one place to another or to expose you to new parts of the world or whatever, if you take and you strip all of that out and you look at it just as a single player narrative, 
that it doesn't even hold a candle to some of the shittiest entries in the Final Fantasy no, series. In fact, you know what it reminds me of thinking about it now? The way that you progress through this narrative is like having a tour through a museum where you're being led along and you're like, all right, stop. I'm going to explain what's going on here now. All right, follow me to the next exhibit. This is what's happening. And you see it all coming. Right. Because you also have a program in your hands. I, I, I mean, because I, I, you know, like, I, I think that... FF14, uh, you know, specifically Stormblood, I've had 10-2 described to me, and it sounded oh. more interesting than what I've played in Stormblood. Honestly? Yeah. So would you call Stormblood disasterific? Is that supposed to be a... That's a 10-2 reference. Oh, is it? Green. Yeah, like I said, I've had it described at me. Can I have a little backup here, Nika? I'm, I know you. I don't played. actually remember that as as being a thing from Ten Two, but that's like the one of the first ten words that Riku ever says. Disasterific. Uh, disasterific. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you have more knowledge of Ten Two than I do. Yeah. Because I hundred percented it. What? I used a strategy guide. You wasted that much time. It didn't take long. Let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. Plot in Ten Two better or worse than Storm? Oh, better. Even, really? You can't even, even describe the plot though. Even at the end, when Yuna's randomly in the water and Titus like pops up out of nowhere and they're that reunited. Is not what happens, but okay. I'm pretty sure that's what um, happens. Okay. Really oh, well, now we but now we'll find out what really happened. Nika, what happened? She comes from her ship. She's not randomly in the water. She literally, like, the cutscene is her coming down the thing, like, the, the, the ramp on her ship and jumping into the water. But why that water? Because she somehow knows, oh, he's back yeah, or something. Yeah, it's Besaid. What do you mean, why that water? It's fucking Besaid. Like, did he send her a message saying, I'm back, here the I come, faith, meet me faith, here? The faith did. Randomly, thank you. Oh. Deus Ex Faith. <laughs> he's back, Yuna, go get him. <laughs> he's in Besaid. Her link pearl go off, and she suddenly knew. I mean, where else would he be? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, every other plane of existence possible. The far plane? Yeah. Because he's dead? Dissidia land. <laughs> what the fuck Damn it. Yeah, on? he's in Dissidia. He is? You know, if they actually use that as a plot point, like he actually was real, but he vanished because he had to go to Dissidia... <laughs> And now he's back. Wasn't there? I buy that. Wasn't that a story a while ago that that like there was something that canonized something about Titus in in Dissidia? I don't. Oh, I don't, it was. Um, what no, was that? It was something in fucking like World of Final Fantasy or something. Oh, that's they, it. Yes. And it, it had nothing to do with Dissidia. It was they literally were telling you what Titus was doing when he was supposed to. Nope. Be dead. Nope. Brave Exvius. That's what. It Brave Exvius. That's, that's it. it. So what was he doing? Yeah. I don't know no, because I, I, I don't because apparently it ruined, he was like, fucked. He was jerking off a lot. Because apparently it like actually ruins the the emotional. I mean, of course, it does. Of it, so I refuse. I refuse to look it up because ten is my favorite Final Fantasy, so I refuse to ruin it for myself. <laughs> Even though you've played ten two, okay? Yeah, I mean ten two. Ten two is. I mean, yeah. It's now my mission. I'm going to go find out what that is, and I'm no, going to blurt it out randomly during the show. Good you job. Good job, Kahlo. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. We got a couple of minutes left. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you want to call in. Uh, like I said, not a lot of time left, but uh, if you want to get one final call in, uh, we'll take one more call before we uh, before we wrap up today's show. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, dude, I don't 
see it. I don't see it at all. Stormblood has I don't I'm not gonna call Stormblood an unmitigated disaster because I don't think it's that bad. No, just uninspired. It's yes, it's uninspired, it's derivative, it's it, it's it's sort of like like, oh, we got nothing else. Like, let's just bring back Rabidasty and and you know, boss fights from past Final Fantasy games. And I and, and it's to the point where like I'm expecting the Sephiroth fight, right? Like I, I I don't ever want to see that fight, mm-hmm. by the way, I ever in this either. game. I have no desire to see Sephiroth what? appear at all in FF14. And the thing is, is that I kind of know that that's sort of what we're building to. I mean, we got X-Death. I mean, he is such so like a random one. It's definitely going to build up. We're going to get Kefka. We're going to get Sephiroth. Here, well, thing, oh, though. God, dude, if they do Kefka, I'm going to be really but pissed. But here's the thing. Because like, they're going like, to fuck Kefka up. I, I get the whole theme park mentality, right? But I feel like you can do what you're doing with the whole theme park thing. And also still be creative, you know, give us surprises. Do uh, that's why I cool like Crystal things. Tower. I felt like Crystal sure. Tower was yes. enough of a throwback to FF3 with the villains and the, the, the name and the build of it. But it was still enough FF14 that you believed it. with the, I, I with the elegant stuff. And you're like, yes, and absolutely. Nora. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I totally Whereas agree Omega with that. Omega is literally like, hey, I, I like this story. It's called Fallen Messy 5. <laughs> so why don't you guys fight it? Yeah, and, and because they're relying so much on that, that even though, you know, the, the fights may have been well-designed and, uh, you know, look flashy and, and be a good callback. Yeah, the mechanics because, of it were not bad. I know, but. I know. Well, well, like, when they come out with the Severoth fight, doing it, it's probably going to be really fun. It's going to look great, and you're going to think, oh, that's a great callback to FF7, but that's all they're relying on is just that. Yeah, they could do so much more with like I feel like instead of Sephiroth using Genova in a way that ties into fourteen, and I think they could have used more like the Promised Land and something and actually tied into fourteen's lore the rather than life just being, rather than or the live stream rather than yeah. just being like, hey, here's Sephiroth, fight him. Like, yeah. there's so much more they could do if they want to have callbacks to those games. No, I agree. I agree. And 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 the thing is, is that the onus should have been put on them to do that to try harder. And and I think you know. Uh, the the audience for FF14 just jizz their pants every time, you know, even a passing mention from a final, you know, like Cryle, how much we argued about Cryle and shit like that, that like we we spazzed out enough about those little references that they were like, yeah, we don't even have to try to weave these in cleverly anymore we can just dump references and, and old assets in and people are just going to eat it up. And I don't think that they should, and I don't think that they will. I don't think if they are eating it up, eating it up. I don't think that they're going to continue to eat it up for long. I mean, FF14 has so many opportunities to be an interesting MMO and to be a great Final Fantasy game that I, I just I, I do feel like it's wasted opportunity. It's wasted. Yes. It's, it's wasted opportunity. Final Fantasy to, 14, a wasted opportunity. That's a great way to put it. To just, you know, kind of lazily, uh, you know, reconstruct um, uh, assets from from old games and then not even give a a, a valid reason. Like, what what is Alpha going to end up being? Really? Like the f- final boss. Fuck off. The yeah, fi- yeah, probably. The final boss. You're probably right. Well, I, I, what? But. Uh, at the same time, like, does anyone give a shit? And we'll also get an alpha minion as a result. <sighs> uh, Penguin Mint says, I checked out of the Omega story the moment alpha popped up. I agree with that. Because it, it, it is referential without a point. And, and the, you know, the, the fucking 
Schrodinger's cat reference from the last set of raids just proves that this is just not going to go anywhere. Aww. It's not going to be good. It's Whatever terrible, it is, it's not going to be good. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, luckily, next week we'll have the live letter to talk about, which means actual Eureka stuff, guys. Yeah. Is it? Uh, are you th- sure? This is 4.2 part two. That means that they're going to talk. They, they have to. They have to talk about Eureka. We've been saying they have to talk about Eureka <laughs> no, for no, the last guys, four live but, letter. But you don't understand. They they actually don't have anything else in 4.2 that's coming out except Eureka. They have to. Right, no, so they're going to start talking about things that they might even, add in 4.4. Even, <laughs> even if what they say is that Eureka is delayed till 4.3, they have to talk about Eureka. <laughs> they got to say something about it, so... Yeah, please. I hope you're right. Tune in next week because uh, I I don't know. One of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to be pleasantly surprised or the funeral dirge is going to continue. The funeral dirge. Balls in your court, Square Enix. It's all up to you now. Balls in your mouth, too. That's what they sound like with balls in their mouth. Needs more slobber. (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's going to do it for uh, Limit Break Radio for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay tuned if you're listening live on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Checkpoint Radio's this week's Checkpoint Radio is coming up next. We're going to have the full episode live for you here on the stream. So if you don't get to hear it live in your city, then make sure you catch it here on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. It's coming up next. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to join us on Sundays when we do the show live, if you want to be one of our live callers, uh, if you want to uh, catch Checkpoint Radio, or uh, if you want to be a part of uh, Final Encounter Cast or what will become the Let's Be Real podcast, then uh, make sure to join us starting at 1 p.m. here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. That's when we get the shindig started, and it goes all throughout the day until we finish up uh, editing Final Encountercast. Usually after uh, Checkpoint Radio wraps up, I'll uh, hop on the stream for a little while and uh, edit Final Encountercast with you guys. So uh, if uh, if that sounds like fun, stick around. That's coming up here on the Twitch stream. And uh, if that sounds like fun, if you're listening on the uh, on the podcast, join us on Sundays. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. I want to thank all of our callers today. It was fun to talk to you. Uh, Dejum of Goblin, who's awesome. Uh, Awesome to hear from you. But if you want to become a caller, of course, make sure that you add us on Skype, Limit Break Radio, uh, and uh, join our Discord server. That's LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We're in there chatting all the time. Feel free to join and chat along with us. That's going to do it for Limit Break Radio this week. I want to thank my crew, Nika Kayani and Juxtaposition and Colin Landis. I'm Nero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kala Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. 
Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Mary Kennett, Nexian Theta, Hirsch Fersh, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music from this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with a Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by The Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash husky by the geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Yeah.